let us be exceedingly glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceeding. Lift your hands before the Lord. Father, we thank God and praise you today. We thank you for this opportunity with your word. We thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to fellowship with your presence. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that your word will go forth today, unhindered and un unhindered and undisturbed by any satanic or demonic force. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus, it's 100% of you. We declare right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, chains are being broken off right now in the name of Jesus. People are being set free. People are being made whole. People are being delivered in the name of Jesus. For your word says in John chapter eight, you says that, Father, for those who abide in your word, hold fast to your teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly his disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if there's anything that you believe in God to be set free from today, if there's any chains of depression, any chains of oppression, any chains of sickness and disease, poverty and lack, family disruptions, confusion, burdens and yokes, we just stretch forth our hands right now to believe that by Jesus stripes, you're healed. Jesus stripes your whole. Jesus stripes your restored. Jesus stripes your made free by the shed blood of Jesus. And in the authority of his name, we declare burdens are being removed and yokes are being destroyed. Chains you are broken off right now in the name of Jesus. As a result of the word that will go forth today, your life will never ever again be the same. Even while you're sitting there right now, the word is moving, the Holy Spirit is moving and he's breaking every chain and he's covering you right now and he's bringing healing into your body, healing into your mind. You shall receive shalom, shalom, peace, where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and the love of God, which surpasses all understanding, wraps his arms around you now in the name of Jesus and holds you in his bosom and reminds you that you are love. He reminds you that you're set free. He reminds you that nothing can separate you from his love. Now receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Receive your deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Receive your restoration right now in the name of Jesus. Receive your family restored right now in the name of Jesus. Receive it, receive it, receive it now in Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Let us all say amen. Glory to God in the house. He says, let every chain, he says, break it every chain, which means nothing remains when he breaks every chain in the name of Jesus. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Every chain is broken. Every burden is removed. Every yoke is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Glory be to God. Well, good afternoon. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to welcome you to Ignite to Life, where our goal is always to ignite life and purpose within our generations, that you may know God, discover your purpose, so that you may be equipped to lead your generation in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We're going to jump right in because the water is fine in Jesus name. If this is your very first time joining us, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you. If you're returning, man, share this message, share a link 
call a friend, call your neighbor, call the dog catcher, whatever you got to do, call somebody and share this with them so that their lives will forever be changed in the name of Jesus. We're going to make this declaration and we're going to jump right in, in Jesus name. Word of God says this, and according to Isaiah 61 and 1, he says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and we thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father God, that our preacher and teacher would not be with the Tyson words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every hour. Go across the airways, go across the podcast, go across the YouTube and Facebook and, and Twitter, Lord God, in the name of you are, there is no distance in the spirit. There's no distance in the spirit. The same anointing that's here is the same anointing that will come through these airways. The same anointing that's here is the same anointing that will come across your radio station. The same anointing here is the same anointing that will come across your podcast, that will come across your phone, will come across your tablet in the name of Jesus. But there's nothing like sitting under the word of God. It's kind of like you know, it's, it's, it's 40 degrees Celsius, which is extremely hot, but it's nothing like being in front of the fire hydrant and getting the water straight from the fire hydrant itself. Now, if you're right in the front, you get the full effect of it. But if you're further away, you might throw it about four or five layers away, you still get wet, but not as much as you would be if you got right in front of the fire hydrant. It's the same thing when it comes to sitting under the word of God. People nowadays, because of everything that's been going on with COVID said, man, I could just watch it on the internet. I'll get the same thing. You will get the same word, but you won't have the exact same spirit experience. Why? Because it's different when you're sitting together as a corporate body. Everybody's faith is joined together about the word of God coming forth with miracle signs and wonders to come forth and you will get a, a whole different experience when you're sitting in the house. Never allow yourself to take yourself out of position. Never allow situations and circumstances to get you out of positions, particularly if it's something that God did not tell you to do. I'm going to stay home because it's I'm comfortable and it's cold outside. I'm going to stay home because I want to go to this football game. I'm going to stay home because it's Valentine's weekend and me and my boo got something planned. Man, all that stuff is second nature because if you get this word on the inside of you sitting in the house, guess what happens? It changes your Valentine weekend anyway. It's going to be so much great. I could tell you this, uh, Minister Jew and I was been in this EXO marriage conference over the last couple of days. It's life changing. Now, when we told some friends that, hey, we're, we're just going to be a part of this marriage conference, they were like, are you guys cool? Like, what are you talking about? It's just like your car. Your car could be running fine, but guess what you got to get? You got to get it. If you wanted to run at its optimal level, you got to get tune-ups. You got to get oil changes. 
You got to get inspections done to it, not because anything is wrong, but you want to do things to make sure, hey, before anything goes wrong, you already have maintenance done to it so that when those things pop up, you know exactly what to do. It's the same thing when it comes to marriage. It surprises me how many people, when you offer them about, hey, man, hey, if, you got, if you're married, you might want to check this, this conference out. Or if you're thinking about getting married, you might want to check this out. Or maybe you was married. Unfortunately, you guys ended in divorce or whatever the case may be. But there's life after divorce. Man, you want to check this out because you want to be able to bring a whole person into the relationship, not bringing pieces and not bringing like two 18-wheeler truckloads of baggage. You want to get all that stuff dealt with. And even if you got married and you came with baggage, guess what? When you're going through this process, it's like a layer. It's like, man, you, you, you go through transparency. And then once you get through transparency, then you come up with vulnerability. Now you're more vulnerable because there's trust that's built up. Then you have to put in accountability. Accountability is make sure you don't go back to the things you used to do. And man, there's nothing like intimacy. Now, when you say intimacy, the world thinks sex. But as believers, when you talk intimacy, you're talking about I'm into me see. I'm going to let you see into me. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not trying to cover up anything. I'm just going to be wide open like a book. And man, there is nothing like that. And man, I tell you, it was a great time. And every time, no matter how many times you go through it, every year is something different. And you're going to learn something new every year. Or you're going to hear something that you heard before, but you heard it in a way that ultimately changed your life forever. So all that being said, I say all that to say this. Hebrew says this, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together as we get closer to the end. Why? Because it will be much easier for you to get picked off. See, if you ever watch National Geographics, when you have like lions, predators, and prey, and what does the predator do? The predator tries to get the prey separated from the pack because they know they're stronger in numbers. So if they can get you separated from the pack, guess what happened? The predator knows it has a much easier time to getting you or devouring you than when you're in the pack. Because when you're in a pack, the pack will cover your blind side. Everybody has a blind side. The pack will help you when you are weak, because when you are weak, somebody else might be strong. The pack will help support you and keep you lifted up. It's the same thing that a, that a body of believers are supposed to do, is keep one another held up, keep everyone accountable, keep everyone in relationship with one another as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Are you ready for the word today? I know you are. Here we go. Buckle up, buttercup, because here we go. Turn with me over to Ecclesiastics chapter three. If I was to give this message a title, the title of this message would be Living According to Plan. Living According to Plan. Now, over the last couple of weeks, man, we've been talking about it couldn't be that simple. And then we start talking about, you know, if you say so. If you it work or it works if you work it. Then we start talking about if you say so, based on what it is you say out of your mouth, man, it will be so. So we talked about um, it, it, if you don't, it won't. We talked about that. That was an excellent message. We also talked about if you say so, talking about 
they, how, how if you do your part and whatever you say it out of your mouth is going to determine what's going to happen. But today we're going to be talking, all of this is talking about operating according to the kingdom of God or God's way of doing things. Anybody interested in learning how to do things God's way? I don't know about you, but if, if that is our mandate to teach people how to operate in the, uh, according to the kingdom of God and operate in love. So here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse number one says it this way. I'm reading out a new American standard Bible. It reads as follows. There is an appointed time for everything and there's a time for every event under heaven. There's a time to give birth and there's a time to die. As there's time to plant and there's a time to uproot what is planted. There is a time to kill and there's a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. There's a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as loss. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. He, talking about the Father, has made everything appropriate for its time. Then he goes on to say in verse number 11, he says, he, still talking about the Father, has also set eternity in their hearts, yet so that man will not find out the work which the God has done from the beginning even to the end. God is the one who makes everything appropriate in his time. Can anybody say his time? Everybody, God makes things appropriate in his time. And God does not change his time to meet your time. What he does is he works with you so that you get under the plan, his plan, so that you can get in line and get in the same time and rhythm as, as God has already ordained for your life. I remember when I was going through military, we was in boot camp and we was marching and there's 98 strong when you're marching. But in the Marine Corps, when everybody's marching, you, everybody strikes on the same foot at the same time. And, and it's nothing like that kind of music. But when somebody strikes at a wrong time, it sounds like a shot going off in a room. You, everybody can tell automatically somebody's out of step. But you know what doesn't happen? The rest of the platoon does not get in line with that individual's cadence what happens is that individual makes the adjustment and gets in line with the cadence that was already set it's the exact same thing that happens when you're talking about the things of god god has a set time or at the hebrew word is a moed an appointed time in his calendar for things to happen and we are not going to be able to rush it god says i make things everything appropriate in my time. So I really believe, Lord, that I'm ready for this next assignment, but God already knows everything that's going to be ahead of you. And if he puts you in that assignment too soon, you gonna either blow some stuff up or it will tear your life up. And because he loves you so much, he's not going to put you in there before when? The appointed time. 
but I believe I'm ready, but God says you're not. I believe it's already, it's already time, but everybody who's necessary to put all those pieces in the appropriate place are not in place yet. So what does God do? He prepares you. I'm gonna tell you this, something I learned very early on in ministry was preparation time is never wasted time. Preparation time is never wasted time. Why? Because the more you're prepared when you're in that position, or when you're in that relationship, or when you're in that, that business deal, or when it's time to buy that house, or when it's time to buy that, when, the more prepared you are going into it according to God's timing, the better off it's going to be. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you. My little church mouse is over at dancing, shouting, and getting his praise on. He said that was his word for the season. Now, let me give you this word of the Lord that God gave me earlier during the week, and I'm going to share it with you. He says this. He says, if I said you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wicked in high places, which one of us is right if you spend all your time fighting in the flesh against the flesh? So God said, if I'm telling you that your battle is not against flesh and blood, but your battle is against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, talking about satanic and demonic forces, but you spend all your time fighting against flesh and blood, other people, he asked the question, which one of us is right? He says, if I said it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, which one of us is right if you're still trying to win the battle in your own strength? He says, yes, there is a time to fight, and there is a time not to fight. There's a time for war, and there is a time for peace, for I've made all things beautiful in my time. So which one of us is right? And who, whose will do you want to see done, mine or yours? You can get a result doing it your way, but it won't be the result I had for you if you had, had if you don't do it my way, says the spirit of grace. He says, if I said the battle isn't yours, but mine's, then why do you keep trying to fight it in your own strength and seeing little to no results? Have you not heard or have you not read that true victory is only found through Christ Jesus, who always causes you to triumph? So choose, choose you this day whom you will serve and who you want to secure the victory for you, you or me, says the Lord. He says, darkness will never overpower the light. Neither can it overcome you if you are in the light. What it really comes down is who you gonna roll with? Whose plan you gonna roll with? God's been telling you, why are you fighting against flesh and blood? Why are you fighting against people? Because even if you win the battle with people in the flesh, but you don't win the battle in the spirit, guess what's going to happen? It's like a weed is going to resurface again. 
is going to resurface again. And you'll find yourself like a dog running around in circles, chasing after your own tail when he's already telling you the battle is not yours, it's mine. You might have to, you're going to have, there's some things you're going to have to do, but you're not doing things in your own strength. You're doing it according to my word that I give you. Can I tell you something? Even King David, when he fought battles, before he went to every battle, he always inquired of the Lord. Noah, before he did anything new at the ark, he always inquired of the Lord. Moses, before any situation came up, he always acquired of the Lord. The only time Moses was defeated, the only time Moses got out of place was when he did not inquire of the Lord. The only time David got in trouble and he got out of place was the time he did not inquire of the Lord. The only time that Noah got out of place was when he did not inquire or he did not ask God, God, what is your plan in this situation? And how often do you got to acknowledge God? God said, according to Proverbs chapter three, five and six, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge me, inquire of me, ask me, and I will direct your path. I will show you the way you are to go. And even if you're talking about the same situation that you've been in before, just because you did it that way the first time does not mean that he's going to do that, that way this time. Just because he did it on one side of your nation does not mean he's going to do it on this side. Just because he did it in another part of the world does not mean he's going to do it in your part of the world. What do you have to do? You have to inquire of the Lord. It is paramount if you're going to live according to plan. Now, last week we talked about many people have what's known as confirmation bias. And we talked about the confirmation bias is the tendency to process information by looking for or interpreting information that is already consistent with what they believe. So you're processing information, you're looking for information, you're interpreting information based off of what it is, something you already believe. And he says this, he says, people are especially likely to process information to support their own beliefs when the issue is highly important or self-revelant. So you hear some, somebody, you know, you real big about, you know, about, uh, about uh, no, you know, drunk driving and you hear information and some of the information you might hear may be wrong, but because you are so engaged into it, you cannot hear anything other than that. I find people like that in the body of Christ all the time. They have grown up believing something or they heard something or there was a particular teacher that they heard. And even when you come back and show them in the word, hey, you know what? You have part of it, but you don't have all of it. They refuse to hear anything else because it doesn't line up with what it is they've already made a decision to do. Or won't line up with something they already believe. You have just put a cap on yourself because you're telling God, I can only go this far with you. If you want to take me any farther, I cannot go. Amen. He says, don't be easily deceived. He says, he asked the question, are you deceived? We talked about this last week. Are you deceived? 
He says, the difficult thing about being, uh, about deception is, is that deceived people don't even realize they are deceived. They think that they are hearing, speaking, and believing the truth. And what you will hear most people say, I have my own truth. Well, like we talked about last week and a couple of weeks ago, if your truth does not line up with the truth that we talked about at the very beginning, you, my friend, are in deception. You are deceived and you don't even know it. So how does deception happen? It talks about how deception is easier to create and spread today than in Jesus' day. If you want to tell a lie, if a person wants to tell a lie and get many people to believe it, all you have to do is put it on social media. What you don't understand about social media is there's algorithms that if you look up something on your Facebook page and you click on it, because of the algorithms that they have set up, you're going to get more and more and more feeds based off of the same thing that you're clicking on. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by what you hear, what you see, what you read, what you listen to. The more you listen to it, the more you read it, the more you hear it, the same thing over and over and over again even though it's a lie because you have exposed yourself to it so long to you, it has become the truth. Do you ever, ever met somebody who they lie so much, they don't even know what the truth looks like. And then when you, when somebody confronts them on their lie, because they have told that lie so long, that lie in their eyes has just become the truth. I've seen this happen on both sides of it. I've seen people who aren't followers of, of Jesus who believe stuff, you know, they believe in evolution, they believe in this. And I mean, y'all know evolution got to update because their other stuff wasn't holding no water. None of it was holding water, but they had to give an update because the, the theory of evolution, it's not even really, it's not even something that's scientifically proven. It's a theory of evolution, but because people have heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it for so long, People believe that it's true when there is no scientific proof that it is. Now, people, I've heard people say when all the stuff started happening with, you know, with COVID and all the, you know, all the, you know, stuff started happening, people was dying and the pan, you know, people's calling it the pandemic and all the lockdowns and all that other good stuff. And, you know, we don't, we don't hear to get into all the debates about that, what you believe, how you believe, and all that. The reason, what I tell people is be led because I can tell you where I believe and you might not be at that same level and you might operate one way and we believe something altogether different and all it does is it causes conflict. I have never seen before so many people, even not even just people who are on opposite sides, not believers and those who are believers, but even believers fighting against each other about some, about a medication or uh, what people call a, uh, a vaccine and whatever. I mean, people was all out fighting with one another. Whole families falling apart in, in disarray, households splitting because of people's personal decisions on what they was gonna do concerning the vaccine. Whole households split. Friends who had friendships for years, broken, not even talking anymore. I heard somebody ask this question, I'm gonna ask you a question. If 
somebody looked at your Facebook page, your Instagram page, your Twitter account, and by reading what's on your page, would they be able to see Christ in you? Would there be enough information on there about your stance on the word of God that would lead them to Christ? If it's not, something is wrong. If you say you're a believer and you talk just like everybody else is talking, what's the difference between you and them? And, you know, we actually had someone ask us that question. Like, you know, I've been watching everything that's going on with the rally and everything. Everything's going on with the protests. And those people say that they're believers, but they're fighting this and they're fighting that. And then the news is saying this and news is saying that. If God acts like that, that's not that's not the God I want to serve. There should be a difference. God has a plan and God has a plan for your life. So why did I say that? Because some people were saying, well, God is using COVID to, to punish the church and God is using COVID to teach, to, to wake the church up. And God is using COVID to do this and do that. Can I tell you something? God will never use a disease to try to tell you something when he has 66 books that will do the exact same thing. Because what if you die before you learn the lesson? The sickness and disease, Jesus took 39 stripes plus one on the cross for every sickness and every disease known and unknown to man. So it, where is he going to get the sickness and disease from? He also told me to tell you, he says, I don't tempt people with evil. I don't tempt people with evil, neither am I tempted with evil. God is not going to use weapons from the adversary to try to set you up to tempt you to see what you're going to do. That's what he has his word for, to teach you. He says this in James chapter 1, he says, verse 13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God, for God is incapable of being tempted by, I'm reading out of Amplified, what is evil, and he himself tempts no one so if you are being tempted can i tell you is not coming from god not jehovah god but everyone say everyone everybody every person is tempted when he or she is drawn away enticed and baited by his or her own evil desires lust or passions. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that the adversary, when you first start operating according to the word, he will try to resist you. He'll be in front of you trying to resist you. But when he realized that you were so passionate about something, so involved in something, so committed to a thought, a theory, a, a, an argument, a passion, a position, a political party, what he will do, he will stop pushing, trying to resist you, and then he'll switch it, and he'll get behind you, and he will push you so far in that direction in the, in the, in the area you say you believe in that you get so far all, off balance that you, got, you can't even re receive from God anymore, not because he's not talking to you, but because you stop listening. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 8, 31, if you continue in my teachings or you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? Then are you my followers? Then are you my students? And you will know the truth. Truth about what? Truth about whatever situation or circumstance that you're confronted with. 
you will know the truth about that situation and that truth will make you free from what? The evil desires, lust, passions, temptation, trials and tribulations that you're facing. See, just because you're tempted by something does not mean you have sinned. I was talking to somebody just before this meeting and I was telling them about even when it comes to relationships, you, you are going to see something that's going to look good. I mean, let's just put it out. Let's not be y'all super spiritual. Ooh, I'm, I'm saved. I don't see nothing look good. You need to go to the altar because you are lying. You see something that looks good. You have two things. You're going to look. You're going to look. See, this is what we call the look and then the bounce. Look and then the bounce. What's that? I'm bouncing my eyes because I'm not going to continue to look at something that doesn't belong to me. Because if I look at it long enough, if I pay attention to it long enough, I hear it long enough, I watch it long enough, I'm opening myself up and being enticed to try to be drawn away by evil desires and lust. And that's not just physical. That's emotionally. That's mentally. That's Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It says, then the evil desire after that, after you are being tempted by it, if you don't cast that thought down, then that evil desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. But you haven't sinned yet. It, you got the thought, the thought comes down, you cast that, mm -mm, nope, I ain't going that way. Mm -mm, nope, I ain't going that way. I ain't going out like that. And when that thought comes, you cast that thought down. But when you begin to think about it long enough that you begin to think about how you're going to carry it out, you still haven't sinned yet. You still have time to listen to my words, repent, change your mind, change your actions, change your directions. You see it this way, you're going to turn and go the other way. Do y'all see that? I heard, oh, 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 that doesn't line up with the truth. That doesn't line up with the truth of what Jesus' word says, God's word says. So I'm going to, I got new information. I'm going to make a decision to change my direction, my actions, and I'm going to change my direction and go a totally different way, opposite to what I was doing before. But if you don't do that, then you will get into sin. Sin means you're missing the mark. You clearly know what to do, and you made a decision. I'm going to do something different. And when it's fully matured, Sin, when it's fully mature, brings forth death, our destruction, our bondages, our sicknesses, and disease. But God says, don't be misled, my beloved brethren. The word, James said, don't be misled because God is not behind any of that. Now, God told me to tell you, he has a plan for your life. In fact, he had a plan for your life before you was ever a twinkle in your mom and daddy's eye. He says this, he says, for I know the thoughts in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I know the thoughts and plans that I think for, you know, that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for good and peace, not for evil. Did y'all hear that part? The thoughts and plans that God is thinking for you are towards you is for good and not for evil to give you a hope and a final outcome. God, before you ever came on earth, already had a plan for you. God, before you was ever born, already had purpose for you. God, before you was born, already had a final outcome he expected to receive or see in your life, but he cannot make you do anything. It's kind of like us. Why, you know, ask the question, why are you in 
Greeley. Why are you in auto hand, man? Why are you even in Canada in the first place? And he said this today. He says, in accordance to Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, why, how or why are you in this? Why, why are you here? Acts 16, 7 says this, and talking about Paul and Silas, when they got as far west as the borders of Messiah, they repeatedly attempted to go north into the province of Bethany. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter. They wanted to go one direction, but the spirit of the Lord told them, no, don't go that direction. They wanted to go north, but the spirit of God told him, no, did not allow them to enter. So instead, they went right on through the province where they, was, they stayed the course, and they went the direction that he told them to go. To the seaport of Troas, while they, while staying there, Paul experienced a supernatural ecstatic vision during the night. So while staying the course, while not getting off from what it is God told him to do, what was they doing? The last thing he told him to do. And when they thought about going a different direction, the spirit of the Lord told him, no, do not go that direction. And what did Paul and Paul and Silas had to do. They had to make a decision to obey what the Spirit of the Lord said to them. Then what happened? While, they're, while Paul is having his night vision in the night, a man from Macedonia's, Macedonia appeared to Paul, uh, appeared to Paul before him, pleading with him you must come across the sea to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had this, had this vision, we immediately prepared to cross over to Macedonia. What happened? Why Paul was sleeping? Paul had a vision. In that vision, someone was calling to Paul saying, I need you to come over to Macedonia because we need help. How did we end up in Ottawa? The same thing God told me when I was still 1,800 miles away, he says, I'm sending you there because someone in the land, there's a people in that land, is calling unto me, saying, send us a man of God who will teach us the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, so that we can be fulfilled that what you called us to do. That's how we ended up here. This was not my original plan. I plan to do something else. In fact, I told God, Lord, you must have the wrong mailbox. You sent it to the wrong voicemail. Father, you must got your lines crossed because I did not even know where Ottawa, I didn't even know Ottawa existed. My understanding of Canada was Montreal, Toronto, Barrie, Guelph, Windsor, because those are places I had been. I had never gone past Ajax. So I didn't even know Ottawa existed. But God says, can I send you and will you go? What did I say to him? Father, send, here am I, send me. When Paul had this vision in the middle of the night, when he heard the word, what did he do? It says immediately he prepared to cross over the Macedonia, convinced that God himself was calling us to go 
and preach the wonderful news of the gospel to them. That is why we're here. That is why Paul and Silas went where they were sent. They went to where they were sent. And you're going to read, if you keep reading Acts chapter 16, they encountered all kind of stuff. Can I tell you a secret? God never told them about all the things they was going to go through when he got there. Paul had one response. Here am I, Lord, send me. So why is it so many people are trying to, I'm going to pick wherever, what church I'm going to go to. I'm going to pick how long I'm going to go there. I'm going to pick what it is I'm going to do. You, when you got born again, when Jesus died on the cross, you were no longer your own. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you are not your own. You've been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and body, which belong to him. You are not your own. If Jesus is the king of kings in the, in the kingdom of God, Jesus is the Lord of lords in the kingdom of God, even though you are called to be a king, even though you are a priest, you are a king who is under the king. Even though there's lords, you are a lord who's under the Lord, even though you may be a priest, you are a priest who is underneath the high priest, which means the high priest, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, has the final authority if you're going to live according to plan. When I seen uh, last week after we got finished ministering here Saturday night, we went home. I was, I was, I'm a part of a pastors and leaders group. And I was leading prayer that night. And before I got ready to get on the call, God says, do you want me to show you how I see the freedom convoy? How many people want to know how God sees the freedom convoy? Most people say, well, God's using them to overthrow the government and all that. That is not what God sees. You want, how many of you want to know what God sees? Anybody interested? This is what God sees. Matthew chapter 9, 35. Matthew chapter 9, 35, this is how God sees the freedom convoy that's in Ottawa today, that's been in Windsor, that's been in Edmonton, that's been in Nova Scotia, that's been in Saskatchewan, that's been in Manitoba, that's been in other parts of the world. This is how God sees those people. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 says this. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He says, when I see those people, he says, I see them as sheep having no shepherd. I mean, they are doing things, but a lot of them, most of them, the majority of them have no direction. He says, then said, when he's seen this, then this is what he said to his disciples. The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Why is he, why he's talking about 
establishing the kingdom of God. Why is he talking about, you know, you got to train up the people to do the work of the ministry? Why is he talking about that, you know, I've given you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to mature the saints, to go do the work of the ministry, to edify and build up the body of Christ? He says, because you got many, many, many people walking around right now who are like sheep having no shepherd. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd provides guidance. The shepherd provides protection. The shepherd provides comfort. The shepherd provides resources, provisions. How do you know? Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the place of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear the evil because the shepherd is there with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. You have anointed my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because I have a shepherd who, who is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He takes, they lead me, they guide me, they protect me, they provide for me. He said, man doesn't know his own way. And according to Jeremiah 10 and 23, man, he says this in an amplified, oh Lord, please Jeremiah in the name of the people, I know that the determination of the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man, even a strong man or a man at his best to direct his own steps. He does not know the way he's supposed to go apart from having a shepherd. He does not even know what he's supposed to do apart from having a shepherd. But God says, I will order your steps. To live according to the plan, I will order your steps. Psalms 37, 23 says this. It says, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he, the good man, delights in, his, in God's ways and he beases himself with his every step, though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord will grasp his hand in support and uphold him. So when the Lord is ordering your steps because you're delighting in his ways, even when you stumble, you won't fall because the Lord will grasp you by the hand and he will uphold you to keep you upright, to keep you on the path, to keep you going in a way that is right. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24 says this, man's steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? How are you going to understand? How are you going to live according to plan if you don't even take the time to get before God to find out what the plan is? God won't force you, though. He won't force you. He says, can two walk together except they be agreed in Amos chapter three and three? Most people have never been on a strike before. I've been in a strike before. I understand how protests work. And one thing that they talk about is the solidarity. 
which means the unity or agreement of feeling or action, especially among individuals with a common interest, mutual support within a group. When all this started out, it started out as people protesting against the, the mandates on truckers. And from that until today, it just keeps evolving, 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 evolving. And the one they have a common interest on one of the cause, but the common interest is not the same interest that people have is not the same with everybody who's there. It was easy to get it started. But even if you got everything that you say that you want, for some people, that still wouldn't be enough. But he says, what should the church be doing, doing all this? What should the church learn from all this? This is where we're going to stop. Genesis 11 and 6. The Lord said this. He says, behold, the people are one. And they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Why? Because they are on one accord. If the church ever got on one accord, first with God and then with the other people in the body of Christ, there's nothing that would be impossible. There was nothing that you cannot do. But even in a church, you have divisions. People sit under the same message, but people walk out having their own interpretation because they have confirmation bias. And if it doesn't match up with what it is, I already made a decision in my heart that I believe and what I want to do. What I'm going to do is this. I'm going to find another pastor. I'm going to find another church, or I'm just going to stay at home because I'm going to find somebody on the internet who preaches to me about the things that's important to me, even if God told me where he sent me was where I was supposed to go. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. You are deceived and you don't even know it because with the adversary in the beginning, he was resisting you. Now he has switched it and he's behind you and he is driving you. And you are so deceived, you believe you are right. Many, a third of people who, who was coming to church before COVID started, a third of the people don't go to nobody's church, don't even watch it online anymore. The average viewing on of a podcast or a video is 13 minutes. 13 minutes. So why, why we spend all this time to tell you this? Because God is telling you, you need to make the shift. You've heard what God's heart is. You've heard what God's expectation is. You've heard what God desires for you and for your life. But like God says, he can't force you. But yet, he won't force you. You got to make a decision. 
you got to make a decision simply because it is, Lord, I love you more than I love anything else. I love you more than I love all the other stuff that I believe I think is right. I love you more than whether I believe that you should be teaching the word this way. or I believe because you don't talk about politics enough in your church, then I'm not going to come to your church. I talk about politics all the time, but you know, I'm responsible for talking about what goes on in the kingdom of God, not what goes on in a nation of Canada, not what goes on in a nation of the United States, not what, unless it ties up, ties in with what's going on in the kingdom. Why? Because God said, that's not your assignment. That's no, you can, you can be informed and tell people how to opt, how to maneuver through everything that's going on, but not, you don't spend your whole time ministering people about parroting back to them what you can already watch on the news. You, tell, you teach people God's word on how to triumph and overcome those situations and circumstances that they're dealing with. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're going to do, no matter what. And we're, we're telling anybody, anybody who wants to help other people Anybody who wants to come to Ottawa and help people to grow in their knowledge of the things of God, grow in their knowledge on how to put it into practical example, we invite you to come right now. We invite you to come at night right now. Well, I'm not saying you can come anyway. We'll teach you. We'll teach you. We'll, we'll teach you how to be a, a disciple. We'll make you a disciple and teach you how to, how to understand the things in the kingdom of God, how to operate in according to God's way of doing things. Because though only what you do for Christ will last. Only God's kingdom will last. All this stuff that's going on with the government, you could take Prime Minister Justin Trudeau out today, put another person in there. But if you haven't dealt with the spirits behind all that, guess what's going to happen? They're going to do some of the same things. They may not do it exactly the way he does it, but they'll do something different. You got to change people's mindset if you want to change their actions. If you don't change their mindsets, all you did was move one person out, put another one in. It's kind of like somebody who's dating, been dating five different people, and they've had the same issue with all five of them. And they, and, they, and they end up in bad relationships with all five of them. And somebody said, man, what's going on with you and your relationship? I thought you and Tracy was together. No, man, I ain't with Tracy. Tracy's crazy as Becky and Julie and, and Marie and, and, and Ashley. She's just as crazy. Well, the only common factor in that is you, John, you had the same issue with five different people and you're the only common denominator newsflash is probably you if you've been to five different churches in five years newsflash is probably you god's calling you higher so whatever head bowed every eye closed nobody moving or talking unless you're in a sign father you said, you, you so loved us that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, that we might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows, the God kind of life. But all that starts with entering into a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a simple, it's the simplest thing you can do. It says in accordance to chapter, Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, that the word of God is near you, it's in your heart and it's in your mouth, that's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
But with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is healing, deliverance, wholeness, protection, and freedom. So if you never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you like you today, or you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you realize you really haven't been living your life for him, or you just want to get a fresh start. Man, I want to start all over again today. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Confess out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, you're the son of God. I believe you died for me on the cross and carry my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I turn from sin right now. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive your peace right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the very first time or you pray that prayer again, man, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back in the right position. Welcome you into right relationship with God. Welcome you into the kingdom of God. So in order to understand the kingdom of God, you have to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the way you do that is by believing on what it is that Jesus has done for you. Now that you've made that decision, what do you do next? Well, it's like going to school. You got to become a disciple. You got to become a student. What does a student do? A student learns more information about the subject. So if you want to learn more about what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom of God, how to operate it in the love of God, how to put the word of God into practical application in your life, man, we like to invite you to ignite to life. Man, I guarantee you, it will ignite your purpose, ignite you to life and purpose. You will learn about God, you will discover your purpose, and you will learn how to lead your generation. How do you do that? Well, we meet here every Saturday at 5 p.m., 5 p.m. in the great city of Greeley, right outside of Ottawa. Man, we want to welcome you to enjoy it. Join us at 5 o'clock. Or if you're too far away or you work on Saturdays, but man, hey, I still want to know what's going on at night, then we invite you to catch it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you got. Man, you look or check out our website at ignitetolife.com. That is ignite, the number two life.com or if you're too far away you're in another country you're in another nation you know we found out that the majority of people who listen to his podcast a lot of them are in canada united states russia ukraine and china yeah i know right and you hear they're listening to the message so welcome 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 and if you want to pick up the podcast again that's at ignite the number two life audio podcast that's on youtube uh that's on um uh, apple podcast google podcast uh spotify if you type it in it's out there so on behalf of sister on behalf of myself on behalf of minister juin and the entire ignite nation we want to thank you for joining us this evening and remember in order to live life according to plan you got to do it God's way. God bless you.